my first church I'm back and uh, again thank you for your graciousness uh, this is not a normal way for me to preach um, I know we did some of this during uh, COVID when we weren't meeting in person but this is gonna be a little less polished so be gracious with me um, and I'm gonna actually try to cut my message down in about a third of what it is uh, Hannah's gonna put the full script of what it would have been on our resources page if you're interested but let's be honest how many of you will really go and read um, a 35 minute message when you can just watch a 10 to 12 minute one. So all that being said, um, did you know that this past Monday was Ron and Barb Miller's 66th wedding anniversary? Isn't that fantastic? I sent him a text congratulating him and he said, yeah, 66 years of wedded bliss. So here's what's cool. Yesterday, Saturday was Abby and my 23rd wedding anniversary. Uh, we haven't caught Ron and Barb yet, but we're getting closer. All this talk about uh, anniversary got me thinking about love. And what does it take to make it to 66 years or 50 years or something like that? Well, obviously it takes more than just the, uh, the 1 Corinthians 13 version. Love is patient, love is kind, love is not boastful, jealous, rude. You know, that's, that's good and that's needed, but it takes something more. It takes something like sacrificial love. So this morning we're gonna ask the question, what is sacrificial love? And what does it look like played out in your everyday life? Uh, let me pray and then we'll dive in. Lord, thanks for this time. Uh, different as it is, I, I value the technology that we have to where I can still open God's word with my brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, both here and uh, anywhere else where they're watching. Uh, would you allow us to hear what you want us to hear this morning? I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we've been in this uh, sermon series called Not Your Normal Dear John Letters. In the, uh, We're looking at John's first, first John, excuse me. And asking the question today, what does sacrificial love look like? First um, John chapter 2, verse 7 begins like this. Dear friends, I'm not writing a new commandment for you. Rather, it, it is an old one that you've had from the very beginning. This old commandment, to love one another, is the same message you have heard before. Look, 60 to 70 years before John wrote this letter, uh, the people had heard Jesus live when he was asked, what's the most important commandments? He said, love God, right? But love your neighbor as yourself. And of course, he was quoting Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18. Um, something that Moses had written in the law so many years before. Well, fast forward another 10 or 20 years and the Apostle Paul writes to church in Rome and again reiterates this passage. Just saying all things tie back to love. Uh, that's Romans chapter 13, verse 9 and 10. So from the time of Moses' writing of the law, to the time of Jesus, to the time of Paul, to the time of John, 70 years after Jesus, it all comes back to this old commandment, love one another. But John pushes it. He goes on in verse 8 of 1 John chapter 2. He says, yet it is also new. Jesus lived the truth of this commandment, and you are also living it. For the darkness is disappearing, and the true light is already shining. Jesus lived the truth of this commandment. To me, this is the key. This is the crux. This is the main point of this entire passage. Jesus lived the truth of this commandment. I think we know in, in John, the gospel, uh, chapter 13, we saw Jesus washing the disciples' feet. And, you know, that was, that was an act of a servant. And at the end of it, he had told his disciples, you guys do what I have done for you. Many of them would have thought, oh, that's weird because that's what a servant does. But okay, I might be able to do that a time or two. Well, Jesus pushed beyond this. John 13, 
verses 34 to 35, just a little bit later, he says, so now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. So Jesus says, here's this new commandment. And here I really see John saying, all right, it's new. And it's actually not just love, it's sacrificial love. So what does that look like? What does it look like played out? Well, we get to see a, a taste of it in our passage today. Uh, chapter 2, verse 9 to 11. If anyone claims I am living in the light but hates a Christian brother or sister, that person is still living in darkness. Anyone who loves another brother or sister is living in the light and does not cause others to stumble. But anyone who hates another brother or sister is still living in darkness and walking in darkness. Such a person does not know the way to go, having been blinded by the darkness. <laughs> Listen, not too long before Jesus, right, 70 years ago, had said, uh, your love for one another will prove to the watching world that you're my disciples. Your, one for one, your love for one another, right, for each other, for, for other fellow believers. John apparently heard Jesus loud and clear. My question is, do we? Do we today still have that same love? Could that be what sacrificial love really looks like or is an example of sacrificial love today? I mean, did you know that we have over 200 Christian denominations in the United States alone? According to uh, USA Today author Chris Poluski, in June of 2021, he writes this. He says, I can't help thinking that there is a correlation between Christians infighting and the fact that fewer people want to be associated with us. You don't have to look far to see division within American Christianity, he writes. We're still divided over the 2020 election, racial justice, even wearing masks. This was close to, well, this was, uh, you know, six months ago he wrote this. I wonder if today sacrificial love for many of us believers would be to put down some of our divisions, our divisiveness, and actually love our brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, John said in 1 John chapter 2, verse 8, Jesus lived the truth of this commandment, to love one another. Now we keep going in our text. This is a great part in it. 1 John chapter 2, verse 12 to 14. I am writing to you who are God's children because your sins have been forgiven through Jesus. I am writing to you who are mature in the faith because you know Christ who existed from the beginning. I am writing to you who are young in the faith because you have won your battle with the evil one. I am writing to you who are God's children because you know the Father. I have written to you who are mature in the faith because you know Christ who existed from the beginning. I have written to you who are young in the faith because you are strong and God's word lives in your hearts and you have won your battle with the evil one. Short rabbit trail for just a second. Stick with me. Uh, over the last 16 years, frankly, over the last 30 years in uh, churches, there's been the worship wars of do we sing the traditional hymns versus the modern choruses. And for so many people, they say, well, the choruses are just repetitious. They just say the same thing over and over and over again. Well, if you look at our text, that's what John was doing. He was repeating the same things. Anyways, getting back off this little rabbit trail to the new believers, to God's children, to the little ones, John says this. I'm writing to you who are God's children because your sins have been forgiven through Jesus Christ. 
You know, we're talking about sacrificial love this morning. And what is sacrificial love? Well, according to, to Paul in 1 Corinthians 13, love keeps no record of wrongs. So could forgiving somebody's sins be an example of sacrificial love? Oh, absolutely, I think. I mean, to forgive an offense, a sin, a wrongdoing, when somebody has purposely wronged you, that takes a different kind of love. John goes on to say to the same group, to the little children in verse 14, he says, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Jesus had, had said that. Excuse me, John said, I'm writing to you who are God's children because you know the Father. But Jesus had said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. That's John 14, verse 9. Uh, and if they had seen Jesus, what did they see? They saw somebody who forgave sins, right? And if they'd seen the Father, the Father's heart, I mentioned last week in Jeremiah 31 and in Psalm 103, how God forgives sins. He forgets them as far as the east is from the west. So Jesus and John was saying, Oh, look, sacrificial love could look like the forgiveness of sins. Maybe that's what sacrificial love looks like for us today. All right, let's go back to the song that John is singing in verses 12 and 13 of 1 John. To the next group, he says, I'm writing to you who are mature in the faith. Fathers is what many of your translations will write. Because you know Christ who existed from the beginning. Oh, this is an echo we've heard many, many times already. This from the beginning part. Uh, John, the gospel writer who wrote these letters in the gospel, says, you know, he starts off, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. Well, later in that same passage, he says this, John chapter 1, verse 14. So the Word became flesh, or the Word became human, and lived among us, made his home among us, and he was full of unfailing love. And faithfulness. He made his home among us full of unfailing love and faithfulness. It's funny, as I picture this, right? Uh, John's writing to those who are mature in the faith. He says, You've known Christ from the beginning. And that Christ from the beginning is the same Christ, the Son, who in perfect union with the, the Trinity, with the Father and the Spirit from before time began, right? They, they've got this perfect union picture of the Trinity floating in this, this ethereal heavenly places, right? But then the Father looks at the Son and says, hey, hey, man, um, we're going to need to fix some things after we create this. And humans are going to make a mess of it. it it's going to be hard. It's going to be challenging. It's going to be awful. It's going to be messy, painful. It's going to seem like I turned my back on you. Are, are you willing to go? John 1.14 says, So the word became flesh and made his home among us. Jesus' answer to the Father was, Yes, I am willing to go. And he was full of unfailing love. Could that have been sacrificial love? I mean, you picture it, Jesus had everything he needed in this perfect triune unity that he was experiencing with the Father and the Spirit, and yet he still chose to come in amongst us. I wonder if that's what sacrificial love could look like for so many of us today. Could we live amongst, work amongst, be amongst people who need to, to feel and see and experience the hands and feet of Jesus? I mean, I think of a, of a father who gets invited, you know, middle-aged father in his mid-40s, gets invited to sleep with his kids on, under the, the fort cushion in the living room, and he knows, this father knows, that waking up in the morning, his back's going to hurt because it's just, yeah, it's awful sleeping on the ground, and yet he goes and sleeps there with his kids anyways because that is what sacrificial love looks like. Being incarnate is the big churchy word. It, it's being amongst, living amongst. 
You know, Christ came, lived amongst us. He, he lived, laughed, and sacrificially loved us. That's what John writes to, to, to the elders, the fathers in the faith. Now, we go back to our song, and John says to those young in the faith, to, to the young men, is what the King James Version says. He says this in verse 13 and 14. He says, I'm writing to you who are young in the faith because you've won your battle with the evil one. And then in verse 14, I've written to you who are young in the faith because you are strong. God's word lives in your hearts and you have won your battle with the evil one. If you want sacrificial love, sacrificial love is taking the bullet for somebody else. It's, it's standing in the gap for somebody else. I went to an auto shop recently to get my oil changed, and the owner of the shop knows I'm a pastor. Uh, oftentimes when I go, he will leave the, the front counter, and he'll come and talk to me about different things of faith. And he did this this last time, and somehow we got on the topic of spiritual warfare. And he told me the story of how when he was younger, he had several visions of him, like uh, when he was newly a believer, him standing in the door of his house, standing up strong, standing up firm, uh, and, and keeping the evil one out, right? Whether it was Satan, whether it was one of his minions, he was standing there and he said, you know, we, Satan only comes in as much as we allow him to come in. Well, it's funny, I'm, I'm not going to touch on that theologically, but when I picture our battle with the evil one, when I picture my battle with the evil one, I don't picture myself standing firm, big, up in, you know, in the doorway. I actually picture myself more in fetal position, right, looking out from, from under, uh, behind something. And I picture Jesus standing in the gap. Jesus taking the punches. Jesus taking the slashes of the sword. And him being the one that overcomes the evil one. That's, that's what I picture. And I think John maybe pictured some of that same thing later in the same book, chapter four, verse four, John talks about he who's in you is greater than he who is in the world. And, and we'll come back to that. For today's purposes, though, I think John is writing to the young men and he's saying, look, you want to see sacrificial love? Jesus has demonstrated sacrificial love. He has stood in the gap for you. When Jesus sent out his 72 missionaries by two by twos in Luke chapter 10, when they came back from their little mission trips, they were so excited to tell Jesus what had happened. When the 72 disciples, this is in Luke 10 verse 17, when they returned, they joyfully reported to Jesus, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. Yes, Jesus told them, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Hmm. Jesus, when we use your name, you stand in the gap for us. That is sacrificial love. John starts our section today by saying, I'm not giving you a new command. In fact, it's an old command. It's to love one another, but in a way it is new. And Jesus lived the truth of this command. I pointed you back to John 13, 34, when Jesus washed feet and said, you know, do this. But then later in that same chapter, he says, love one another as I have loved you. Well, in John 15, he says the same thing. Love one another as I have loved you. And then he says, no greater love has someone than he that lays his life down for a friend. That is sacrificial love, right? But let's be honest. Most of us today, and where we live, most of us will not be asked to lay down our life for somebody else. But we're still called to love one another and to love one another sacrificially. So what does that look like for us? I hope you've been thinking through that, wrestling through that. What does that look like? 
you know, aside from Christ laying down his life on the cross, I started thinking through what other ways did he demonstrate sacrificial love? And almost all of them, to me, were in the interruptions. Uh, to me, when Christ demonstrated sacrificial love, it was in the interruptions. I mean, you, you think about the time he had just lost his cousin, John the Baptist, and he grabbed his disciples, and they were going to go get go off by themselves somewhere, have some alone time, some quiet time. And Jesus saw a crowd that looked like sheep without a shepherd. He ended up feeding the 5,000. So instead of getting off alone, he went with the people. There was the time when Jesus was sound asleep, getting some much-needed rest, and the disciples woke him up. There's another interruption right? What did he do? He got up, he calmed the storm, he calmed the fears of the disciples, kind of scolded them a little bit, but you know, that's Jesus being interrupted. That's showing sacrificial love. I think of the time when Jesus was interrupted on the way to heal Jairus's daughter, right? This was a very important uh, person and a very important daughter to heal, and yet the bleeding woman interrupted him, and Jesus took the time to be present with her. And to me, sacrificial love very much is being present in the interruptions. You know, I, I get up in the morning and I have my calendar of my list of to-dos for the day and, and I think, okay, if I can get all these done, it's going to be a fantastic day. You know what? Jesus just kind of smiles at that and says, I'm going to put somebody here and I'll put a conversation there. And you know what? You're going to get to love sacrificially because of that. When I can be present in the interruptions, I realize that is really what sacrificial love looks like for me lived out. So what does it look like for you? What would it take for you, much like John writing to that church in Ephesus, when John says, he says, you know, Jesus lived the truth of this commandment and you are also living it. That's verse eight. You are also living it. What would it look like for you, for John to say that in your everyday life? I would love for you to think about that this week. And if you can think of a few ways, then put them into practice. And if you put them into practice, take a moment to call somebody, tell them about it. Not to brag on yourself, but just to say, hey, I think this is sacrificial love. What do you say? Can you do that with me this week? Let's pray. God in heaven, thank you for this time we've had to um, open your word, to see examples of sacrificial love lived out. I pray, Father, that this week, even this day, you will give us opportunities to live sacrificially, to love sacrificially. I pray we won't miss these opportunities, but that we will take them and that we will ultimately be the hands and feet of Jesus. We love you and we are thankful for you. I pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.